Hey, what's up, everyone? Sam Shaw here from Wall Street Mastermind. Uh, I'm here today with another client interview for you guys uh, and very excited to have Dominique on today to talk to us uh, and just share with you guys a little bit about her own recruiting experience. Um, she just uh, recently recruited uh, successfully for um, an investment internship in the Houston office uh, and so, or in the Houston region. And I know there are a lot of you out there um, that are interested in working in energy banking or oil and gas. And so just want to get her to come on here and talk to you guys about that. So Dominique, thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us today. No problem. Um, so if you don't mind, maybe you can start by just uh, introducing yourself a little bit so that people kind of get a sense for your profile. Um, I am a junior at the University of Houston, majoring in finance and accounting. I'd say I've been interested in investment banking for about two years. I'd say about 18 months of that was spent on my own, making relatively little headway. Mm -hmm. So that was coming interested in Wall Street Mastermind and wanted to make significant headway. Okay, got it. So basically you've been interested in banking for two years and for the first 18 months, you kind of just did it on your own, but you feel like you weren't making that much progress. Um, Can you talk a little bit more about what kind of things you were doing during those first 18 months? Because like just, I'm, I'm guessing you're probably doing pretty similar things to what most people are doing, right? But I'm curious just what, what those things are exactly. Um, I read a lot of Wall Street Oasis, which is helpful, but not helpful at the same time. You gotta learn how to separate the good from the bad. And when you're blind following other blind, it's relatively useless as you don't know the good from the bad. Hmm. I did a lot of like online Udemy modeling courses, which let's be honest, I've never had modeling tests in an interview. So that was absolutely useless, waste of time. Okay. Well, I'll find come May, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely got more time to improve those skills. Uh-huh. I also thought and saw how Oasis is very like GS, JPM, or bus. Not a very healthy attitude in general. And mm-hmm. I feel like I got the whole alphabet, alphabet soup of banks, which really doesn't matter. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. You got to find what, where you fit in and what you want to do because ultimately you're going to be the one that's putting in the 80 hour plus weeks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got it. So sounds like for the first 18 months, leverage a lot of the uh, free resources online, whether it's Wall Street Oasis, which is what everybody reads, or Udemy courses, which are typically, I don't know, I've never taken them, but I think they're either free or uh, pretty low cost, right? Um, And then you, what, what made you decide at some point that, hey, this is just this is just not working. Like what made you decide at some point I said, you know what, I need probably more help than whatever it is that I've already been doing. Um, when it came to job applications, I have an Excel spreadsheet of where I applied, what data I applied. And I looked at the conversion rate of 
how many applications to even sec interviews or even rejection emails. And the conversion rate was just atrocious. I'm not gonna even say that number because it was absolutely horrendous. <laughs> Got it. So so you had applied, so you had applied to a bunch of jobs on your own and you just weren't getting interviews basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so by the time you officially decided to fully join Walsh Mastermind, it was like, I think August of your junior year, right? It was like at the beginning of your school year, basically. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and so let's talk about what happened after you officially joined it. Cause you know, now it's January. Uh, and let me back up a little bit, actually. When did you ultimately get your offer? Like what month? Um, it was like end of, no I got the official phone call the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And I got the official like HR documentation um, in December, I believe, because it was like all the Thanksgiving holidays, Black yep. Friday, all okay. that. Okay, so you got the offer in like, November, late November, basically. Um, you joined Walsh and Mashman in August of junior year. You got the offer in November. Uh, and by the way, uh, are you comfortable telling people where you got your offer from? I'm definitely very, very content. Okay. Um, can we tell people like either what bank it is or what type of bank it is? Uh, whatever, whatever you're comfortable with. Um, I would just say upper tier. Houston Bank. Okay. So it's an oil and gas. I feel like Houston rankings are very different from New York and LA rankings. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, what you're saying is because uh, Houston is all oil and gas and different banks have strengths in different industry groups. And as far as oil and gas is concerned, the bank that you ended up at is one of the top tier oil and gas banks out there, basically. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we just think like, hey, it's kind of like one of the top oil and gas, you know, bull racket level type bank out there in Houston. Um, what what happened between August and November that you felt like kind of changed things for you? Because obviously you went from barely getting in any interviews or maybe getting no interviews to getting interviews and not only that, but getting offers. And so what was the difference? Like pre-August and post-August, like what actually changed? So I feel like going into August, I had been part of SEO for about three to four months and I was doing the applying. I was getting a bunch of interviews, but they weren't. It was about a 50-50% conversion rate into super days. Right. And ultimately wow. I'm like, I'm wasting so many Fridays just doing all these super Yes, I know I need one, but there's got you, you got to work smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. and so, you that got was to, so you got to about half of your super days for the interviews that you got through SEO. Mm -hmm. And did any of those super days convert into offers or? Um, two of them did. Ultimately, I decided not to take them because I realized I didn't think I'd be the greatest fit. Okay. which it was very interesting because as I did the super day, I realized I like less and less of the groups. Got it. 
Are, were those investment banking offers or were they in a different uh, industry or division? I'd say they were more closer to cork dev type. Okay, got it. And you were kind of set on wanting to do investment banking and not corporate development, essentially. Yes. Okay. And did SEO know you wanted to do investment banking? I assume you told them and their job was- I was on the specific track and everything. Got it. So even though they knew you wanted to do investment banking, they didn't only set you up with investment banking interviews. They also set you up with fields that were kind of tangential to investment banking, but not quite investment banking, essentially. Yes. The only upside I'd say was interview practice is always great. Uh You know, you get the nervous feeling, you get all the real deal. Right. So that's interesting because look, um, I, I, I didn't actually realize that you had gone through SEO, but um, we do talk to students uh, sometimes who have gone through other programs. Not like sometimes it's SEO, sometimes it's other programs. There's a lot of, there are a lot of different- MLT. Yeah, MLT. There, there's a lot of different um, career programs out there, right? Um, and sometimes people will say, well, if I already have fill in the blank, SEO or MLT or whatever else it is that they're in and getting help from and have mentors there that help you and do practice interviews with you and whatnot, then they don't really need something like Wall Street Mastermind, right? So like what what made you want to get even more help from Wall Street Mastermind when seemingly, at least from the outside looking in, it seems pretty similar in terms of what we would be doing. Um, and then also this, a follow-up question to that, which I'll lump together is, now that you've been through both, is there a difference in terms of how we help you in Wall Street Mastermind, what we prep you with versus what you're kind of getting from some of these other programs out there? Because I think that'd be really helpful for people to understand. Um, yes, I would say, although they look similar on the outside, they are very, very different in the way they help you. The other thing that I didn't like about SEO was they have a rating system out of 10 on how you, you do on the internal interviews. You have about unlimited, I think it was like unlimited interviews with one other specialist. And I was always getting like nines or tens. So I felt like the feedback was extremely sugar-coated. Mm-hmm. I'm someone who's like, give me the real deal. If it's bad, tell me it's bad so at least I can fix it, which mm-hmm. is something I found extremely frustrating. How can you how am I doing really well in your feedback? And then like, I'm going out in the real world and this is not going that well. Interesting. Okay. So they basically, when you do, you get free interview prep with them, but when you get the interview prep, they told you everything was great and you're going to be great and you're getting the offers that you wanted. And so something basically. basically. And who, who's grading you? Like, who are these people that are interviewing you? Like, are they bankers or where are they, where are they from? A lot of time they are from like HR and banks, which for investment banking, I only have had like a couple phone screens for several smaller banks with HR people. Most of the time you're interviewing with actual bankers in your super day. So mm-hmm. I really didn't find like the interviews. I didn't find that really related. Got it. Okay. So it, does, it didn't really, it didn't really do what it was supposed to do. Like what a mock interview is supposed to do is, replicate as much as possible the real experience that you're going to be going through when you actually go through these interviews, right? And so 
interviewing with HR is very different from interviewing with someone in banking. Like when we when we do mock interviews with our clients, you know, is that whether it's myself or one of our other coaches, like it's all former bankers. And what we actually try to do sounds like the opposite of what you're describing, which is we try to give people as hard of a time as possible. We try to make them mess up as much as possible. And then we try to give them feedback on everything that they could be doing better. Right. Like I I feel like to your point, there's not a whole lot of uh, there's no point in doing a mock interview if I'm just going to tell you like, yeah, everything's great. Keep, keep doing what you're doing because then then we didn't really add any value, right? Yeah, I'd also say SEO, in my experience, is a great way to apply to a bunch of programs very, very quickly. Um, I'd say it's great for that. I know... Yes, a lot of some people just want to play the numbers game and submit a bunch of applications. Mm-hmm. But then they were also great as they partner with a lot of smaller banks that I would have otherwise not known about, mm-hmm. which that gave me a lot of exposure to those type of banks. Yeah. But I feel like the way they help you is in different ways. Yes, knowing the bank exists is one thing, but being able to place into that bank is yeah. another very, very different thing. Yeah, got it. Yeah, no, and definitely, definitely not trying to. I think SEO is a great program. Definitely not here to say, uh, say that. Don't do SEO. I think if you are in SEO or any of these other types of programs, I think you should leverage all the resources that you have available to you because why not, right? More help is always better. Um, but I think what we're talking about here is just like, hey, you can never have too much help, right? Or just because you already have some help doesn't mean you can't get better help, right? And so. Let's, let's come back to Wall Street Mastermind for a second. So like, what exactly did you do inside of Wall Street Mastermind? Like over the past three months, like what were the, th- what were the things that you were doing with us or what were you spending your time on? Um, I did a lot of mock interviews. Like, heaps, like every time I went into a real interview, like two or three, like I probably do, did, like for every actual one I had, I probably did two, two to three hours of actual prep. Um, I feel like that improved my interview stamina, especially super days since they're typically four, four to six hours. Mm-hmm. Most cases, you're typically speaking to, say, minimum six to 10, maybe even 12 bankers. Yeah. And stamina is actually a big thing, which I feel like that drastically helped me improve with. I also went through the modules, like very, very concise, to the bone, what I'm actually going to see. Like I said, I did several financial modeling courses online. Never saw that come up in the interview. <laughs> I felt like everything that came that was in the modules actually came up. So I felt like the conversion, I wanted something with a strong conversion to showing up in the educational curriculum to showing up in interviews. This was like the highest I've ever seen. Like, yeah. Like hundred percent. Yeah. I think you make a great point here. And this is, this is another um, big misconception that we see out there a lot, which is a lot of people think that the best way to go and, prep for these interviews, especially the technical interview, is to take a financial modeling course because that's what that's what we've all been told, right? That's what we've been all been conditioned. Even these websites that we go to, uh, whether it's Wall Street Oasis or Merchant Inquisitions, guess what they sell? They sell financial modeling courses, right? And so they're, all, they're, they're kind of incentivized to tell you that financial modeling course is what you need. In reality, like you said, at the undergrad level, if you're intern, if you're interviewing for a summer internship, they're just not going to ask you to build financial models, 
right? Like, I think like if you later on, if and when you choose to dis, uh, recruit for the buy side, like for a private equity firm or something like that, you know, those interviews do have a modeling aspect to it. But at the undergrad level, like you're never going to be asked to build a model. And so really all you're being asked to do is to verbalize uh, your understanding of the concepts, right? Or like just be, being able to talk about it. Um, which is not really what the financial modeling courses are teaching you to do because what they're teaching you to do is like, Hey, here's how you link up this thing to this thing and you know, make sure you're using the right formulas and Excel shortcuts and this and that. And none of that ever comes up in the interview. Right. So it's just like people and, and, and people spend so much time on these courses. Like it, it could be like a hundred plus hours. Like some of these courses, a hundred plus hours, you spend all that time and you still can't verbalize basic answers to these questions that you're actually getting. And it's just like, it ends up being a huge waste of time, right? So what I actually what I actually tell people to do is, look, prep the things that you actually need for the actual interview, which is like, learn how to explain these concepts verbally. Like if you can actually teach these concepts to someone else who knows nothing about finance, that's how you know that you know how to verbalize it, right? And that's kind of how the way we teach it too. And then once you have the offer, like now that, now that you have the offer, Dominique, like, it's not too late to go back and then learn the financial modeling part because you know you're actually going to be working there eventually, right? But then like doing the modeling first, you kind of put in the cart before the horse, right? Yeah, also like once you know what industry group, there's a lot of industry specific things, especially with energy and valuation metrics that are very energy unique. So for me, learning about widgets, like units that are relevant to retail probably won't be relevant for someone who's going into energy. Right. So you can also reduce how much, like, work smarter, not harder, not learn everything, but rather what you will actually use. Right, right. Um, yeah, what you're saying is just, depending on what group you end up in, like oil and gas has very specific type of modeling versus uh, retail versus technology versus financial institutions. Like depending on, if you don't know, and if you don't know where you're gonna end up yet, there's no point in learning certain type of model because you may or may not even need to use it. Right. Whereas now, you know, you're going to be in oil and gas, then you can just focus on learning oil and gas banking, right? Or oil and gas modeling, right? Um, and, and, and I think there are, course, I've seen courses out there that teach you industry specific modeling. So I think like, you know, those are always a great option after you've gotten the offer, of course, right? Um, although one thing that, one thing that I always laugh at is um, some of these companies, they'll also bundle all the different types of models. Like, hey, you can get oil and gas and real estate and fig and tech modeling all together as a bundle deal. Like it's some great deal when you're only gonna use one out of probably the four or five things in there, right? And they're just trying to get you to buy a bunch of things that you don't need. So I'm not a big fan of that, to be honest. Um, but so you, so you came in, you did a lot of interview prep, both on the technical and behavioral side right um was we you kind of already talked about the technicals already which is you know it's very concise it's very to the bone it's and it's stuff that's actually going to come up in, in your interviews can we also just spend a little bit of time talking about the behavioral side of things like what what do we do on the behavioral prep because that that's the part that i feel like people don't usually spend a lot of time on when it comes to yeah, definitely behavioral is very, very understated in most people's prep, probably due to the fact that everyone thinks that technicals are hard, but let's be honest, 
You will not get a technical question before a behavioral question. Every interview begins with tell me about yourself, so let's walk me through your resume, some form of that question. Um, I'd say definitely having a very concise elevator pitch. Also being able to give really well-structured, concise answers is definitely what bankers want to look for. There are people on a time crunch, they got to ask 10 to 20 questions in 30 minutes, so you, you better be able to give them a very concise answer. Bankers are typically people who respond to coffee emails saying, yes, availability for Thursday, question mark. And you reply with Thursday and all the times you're available or free all day. They're not fluff and pretty stuff, very right. concise. And that's what you need to tailor your prep to. Right. So how did, how did you go about that inside of Wall Street Mastermind on, on the behavioral prep? Like what, because... I'm sure you were already, you already had your own answers prepped for a lot of these behavioral questions, like tell me about yourself and why do you want to do banking and, you know, all the standard questions that you can already find online, right? So was there even any difference between what we were doing and what you were already doing on your own? I think like what I was ultimately saying, like facts probably didn't really change, but the way that they're structured, the order you said them, the words I said them with, flow, like the storyline, all that is, there was a way better way to do it than what I had done. Mm, got it. Okay. Um, so basically, you make a good point there, which is the facts don't really change, right? Because a lot of times when people think about behaviorals, they think it's just about the facts of like, well, this is what I did and I'm just going to talk about it, right? In reality, we're not going to fabricate, we're not going to make up and say you did things that you didn't do. So that's not really what the behavioral prep is about. What the behavioral prep is about is taking the facts, but figuring out how to package it in a way such that it's presented better and it's presented in a way that actually fits what the bankers want to look for or what they're looking for. Uh, and to do that, I guess it requires you to know what it is that bankers like to hear, which is kind of where we come into the picture, right? Like just taking all the awesome experiences that you already have, taking who you are as a candidate already. And most of you out there, if you're trying to get into investment banking, I'm sure you have your own set of strengths and weaknesses. So figuring out how to put that together and highlight your strengths and de-emphasize your weakness and also how to become a better storyteller so that it's engaging and so that uh, you build stronger rapport with the interviewers. That's really the art behind mastering your behavioral interviews, right? Would you agree with that? Yes, I'd say also, I feel like you should never prepare the same behavior, like each behavior should be tailored to the bank. And also, if you know the people you're interviewing with them too, like, you should never have just stock answers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we do change up some of our answers depending on which bank you're interviewing with or what group you're interviewing for. And you know, who you're, who you're interviewing, like who's the, who the interviewer is, if you, if you know anything about them. And so you're right. Um, I mean, that's even more advanced and more nuanced uh, if you get to that level. But uh, obviously, if you can get to that level, it's always a good thing to do. Um, so I agree with that. Um, let me ask you, I mean, this is, this is a lot of really helpful information, by the way. Um, let me ask you just kind of one last overarching question. Uh, which I always ask everyone, which is for those people who are listening now to this, um, to this interview and, you know, they're just, 
they're still going through the investment banking recruiting process, or maybe they're just starting to think about it. You know, they're where you were maybe two years ago or 18 months ago. What is one piece of advice that you wish someone had told you back then um, that would have just made your life a lot easier? What's, what's one piece of advice that you can give to our, our listeners? Network as much as possible, whenever, wherever. You never know who you meet, who they know. Like professors, random guest speakers at university, like anyone. You know, employers, you know, they may have friends, colleagues, etc. Leave no stone unturned. Also, it's never too late to start. Don't use the excuse like, oh, I'm a sophomore, I'm a freshman. Quicker and faster than ever before. And with virtual recruiting, I think that's definitely been getting accelerated as well. Mm-hmm. Also, I know this is more recently, but people oh, it's COVID unemployment's like unheard of high for our generation and reaching Great Depression level year, year levels. And I don't don't use that excuse. Yeah. Don't an excuse get to you. If you really want something, you'll find a way to make it happen. There's remote opportunities. And don't let one excuse get to you. Yep. Yeah, I love that. Um, Basically, that's, I mean, there's two pieces of advice there. One is you got to network. You got to leave no stones in turn. Most, if not all of your interview opportunities that you get are going to come from your networking. So even if you have the best resume, or if you don't have the best resume, then it's even more reason to network. But even if you have the best resume, if you don't network, you're probably not going to get a lot of interviews, right? So that's great advice right there. The second piece is more on like your mentality and your mindset, which is, are, are you, are, do you want to be a winner or you want to be a loser? Because what winners do is they don't make excuses about anything, right? They don't say, oh, it's too, it's too late now. So I'm just going to give up or, oh, it's too hard or it's too much work or, you know, oh, I go to a non-target school. I mean, because you could have made all sorts of, uh, of excuses if you wanted to, right? Like you went to a non-target school, right? You're a girl. There's not a lot of girls in banking. You're, I don't know, you're a minority. Like you can make all sorts of excuses if you want to go there. Or alternatively, if you want to be a winner, and not just in recruiting, but in life in general, you got to push all the excuses aside and say, hey, like regardless of what's happening, covid uh, the economy, uh, recession, whatever, those are all things that are outside of your control, right? At the end of the day, all you can do is control what is within your control, which is comes down to your work ethic, your preparation, you know, how you go about the process, who you're getting help from. Those are all things that you can do to improve your chances. And even during COVID, even in a recession, even coming from non-target school, like I guarantee you there's someone else who's going through all those things, like the exact same things that you're going through, who are succeeding despite all of that, right? So it's like, if they could do it, why not you, right? And that that's the type of mentality that you gotta have if you wanna be successful, especially in a, in a process that's as selective and as competitive as investment banking, all right? So that, uh, yeah, that, that's a great piece of advice. Um, thank you for sharing that. Uh, just to wrap up here, guys, um, you know, hopefully this kind of gives you guys a sense of, you know, kind of how the recruiting process works and um, also what are some of the differences between 
what it is that we do here at Wall Street Mastermind versus maybe some of the other programs that are out there. Again, a lot of great programs. You should leverage the help of as many of them as you can. Um, but ultimately, figure out like what's going to give you the best chance for success, right? You can never have too much help, right? You can never start too early. You can never network too much. Just leave no stones unturned, basically. That's the mentality that you got to have if you want to go far. Okay, so if you guys are interested in, um, you know, chatting with our team uh, and figuring out, you know, kind of if we can potentially help you as well with your own process, then uh, I want to invite you to book a free strategy session with our team. And you can do that by going to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. The street is abbreviated to ST. So it's wallstmastermind.com slash apply. And, uh, you know, someone from our team will jump on a call with you. Um They've all been trained by me. They're going to learn more about your specific uh, situation when it comes to recruiting, what your profile is, what are your goals, what challenges are you currently having? And then depending on what you tell us, we may or may not be able to help you. But if we can, we're happy to show you what that might look like. If we can't, we'll still give you our advice on what we think you should do, or what we would do if we were in your issues. Okay, so if that's what you're interested in, again, go and book a call with us. We look forward to talking to you. And uh, Dominique, I want to thank you again for taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, also, obviously, want to congratulate you again on getting an offer um, from one of the top banks in the Houston area, despite coming from a non-target school and just all the other factors that you had to overcome recruiting during COVID, right? All these things that you overcame to get to where you are today. Obviously, uh, I could tell you have a great mindset and you're obviously a super hard worker. And so... I uh, can't wait to see all the success that you have ahead of you. And obviously, uh, you know, I know we'll stay in touch and just don't be a stranger. Definitely. Awesome. Well, uh, guys, that will be it for today. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, we will be back again with more of these for you guys in the near future. All right. Talk soon. Bye.